This is the FBCG Live podcast with Pastor John K. Jenkins, Sr. Today's message is titled, The Purpose Series, Part 6. When you're doing what God has called you to do, He gives you help. Wherever you're joining us from, we pray this message encourages and empowers you in your daily walk with God. I am in a series on purpose, and today is the final message on this purpose series. This is part six. I don't think I've ever done six parts of anything since I've been pastoring here. But this is part six. I have, actually, I have, now that I think about it. But this is the uh, part six of this series on purpose. We've talked about um, why God created you. We've talked about how to identify what your purpose is. Everybody here has a purpose. God created you for a reason. You're not just the a coincidence. You're not just the, uh, the result of an encounter between your mom and your daddy. You, you, in fact, have a purpose. And we've talked about how to identify that pur- purpose. We've talked about the fact that you're going to have some player haters. As a matter of fact, player haters are indicators, indications that you're headed in the right direction. Don't get frustrated, upset, mad, or anything like that. Just recognize that it goes with the territory. It's a part of the journey. Uh, I also talked about the fact that before every significant move that God was about to make in my life, before, and I see this not only in my personal life, but even in scripture, I see that before every significant advancement, some kind of problem is going to rise up. And I've learned over, over time that instead of complaining about what's happening, I shout because I know God's about to do something big. And then we talked about the fact that you're going to go through some sifting. There's a sifting process that God wants to clean up some stuff in your life and clean you up of some stuff. I learned that God wants to clean up your, your mess in your life while you're in the, in the struggle so that when you get on his platform, you won't embarrass him. Look up and down your row and see if you can figure out who needs to get sifted. But last week, we shouted about the fact that even though we're going through sifting, Jesus says, but I have prayed for you. I'm shouting because I know that regardless of what's going on in my life, we serve a God who knows about the drama and the pains and the issues. And he says, but I have prayed for you. And I'm, that's great news to me because it doesn't matter. If y'all don't pray for me, it's okay. Jesus is praying for me. All right, today I want to invite your attention to the book of Nehemiah, the Old Testament book. Go ahead and look, go to the table of contents because you know you don't know where it is. And this is part six, and I'm going to chapter six of Nehemiah, chapter six of Nehemiah. Now, let me give you a little bit of background about Nehemiah. I started off 
this series talking about Nehemiah. And um, early in the series, I talked about Nehemiah. And I want to just refresh in your mind about Nehemiah. Nehemiah was the, the king's cupbearer. He was living in a foreign country and he was the cupbearer to the king. He had the responsibility and the job of eating and drinking the king's meal before the king just to make sure it wasn't poisoned. I'm not applying for that job. So just in case that the king had been poisoned, then the cupbearer would die first. But one particular day, Nehemiah had heard about his hometown back home in Jerusalem, that the, the walls had been torn down, the walls that protected um, the city of Jerusalem, that, that, that surrounded the city and protected the city. The walls had been torn down, and even though people wanted to go back home, they were afraid to go back home because the, the walls had been torn down, and over a long period of time, the walls had never been rebuilt. But Nehemiah's purpose, God put a burden in his heart. You, by the way, let me just throw this in here again. You know what your purpose is by a burden that God gives you. You know what your purpose is, what God wants you to do. He gives you a burden or a passion for something. Amen. A burden. Now, see, some of y'all think your purpose is something you want to do. Yeah, you, 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 you think that because um, uh, you, you think you can sing that God's called you to be a world famous singer. That ain't how it works. But if you listen to the choir, you don't like the way they sound, God might be calling you instead of criticizing the choir, join the choir to help the choir sound better. Thank all 17 of y'all for that, that celebration, appreciate it. So he, he had a burden and so he wanted to go back to rebuild the walls and so one day he was sad and the king saw him and he said, why are you so sad? He said, because my hometown, the, the city's in dis disarray, the walls haven't been rebuilt and he asked the king to let him go back to rebuild the walls around his hometown and the king not only gave him leave, the king gave him some money. I'm, I want you to understand the magnitude of that. It's like you going to your boss, not only asking for leave, but asking for some money to do the thing that you want to go back home and do. The king gave him money, gave him soldiers, gave him transportation, gave him cash. Somebody ought to say glory. And he went back home and in, in a record 52 days, he rebuilt the walls. 52 days, he completed the task, but he encountered some challenges. And I wanna talk to you about this for just a moment. Let me get you, did I tell y'all Nehemiah chapter six? Did I say chapter six? All right, so walk with me through chapter six. Let me start at the first verse and I'm gonna read, I'm gonna talk through these 14 verses. Can I do that? Thank you very much. Now it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem the Arab and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall and that there were no breaks left in it, though at, the, at that time I had not hung the doors and the gates, that Sanballat and Geshem sent to me saying, come, come, 
let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono, but they thought to do me harm. He had some enemies that were not happy about him rebuilding walls. As a matter of fact, these, this Sam Ballad, Tobiah, and Geshem were political leaders of their day. And these jokers were upset that he could that, that this non-political person was able to get something done that they, the politicians, couldn't get done. Couldn't get done. Let me just prophesy today, God's going to use some of y'all to do some stuff that our politicians can't get done. And so they requested a meeting with him. Come, they said. Let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono, but they thought to do me harm. They, 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 they wanted him to come and they were wanted to hurt him. They wanted to stop him. They wanted to not let him finish the task. And my brothers and sisters, you're going to have some folk that are going to try to stop you from completing the assignment that God has given to you. And so my first point is you have to be careful. Write this down. Be careful of requested invitations. Y'all need to get that now somewhere. You've got to be careful of what people invite you to do. Now, this is an important thing because the devil will always invite you to do something that ain't got nothing to do with what your assignment and your purpose is. And I need you to understand that. You know what you need to say when people invite you? Say, oh, no. I get invited to a lot of stuff. People, they want me to come and do all kinds of stuff. People invite me to do all kinds of things. But I have to learn, I have learned how to say, oh no. Y'all need to understand that I said, oh no, and I don't say hell no. Come on somebody, I should be glad about that. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to learn that every invitation is not for your benefit. Some invitations are to harm you. Look at your neighbor and say, some invitations are to harm you. Tell them. Look at the joker next to him and say, some things you got to learn how to say, oh no, oh no. Oh no. Nehemiah said, oh no, oh no. I can't go there. I cannot come into that situation. You got to learn that every invitation, every request, every ask doesn't fall in line with what it is God has called you to do. You got to learn to say no. I'm glad you, I'm glad y'all are getting that point. Look at verse three. So I sent messages to them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? I like that right there. Let me tell you why I like that. I like it because you gotta learn. Listen here, here's my point too. You gotta learn how to say no, number one. You gotta evaluate requesting invitations, but you also have to respond to invitations and confrontations with your purpose in mind. Let me get, I need y'all to get this right here. You got to consider, is, is what you're asking me to do going to line up with the purpose of why God, what God gave me to do? Is it, is it in agreement? Does it line up? Is it, 
Is it going to, is what I'm, what you're asking me to do, is it going to help me with what my ultimate purpose is? Some of y'all are wasting a lot of time doing stuff that ain't got nothing to do with why God created you. Nehemiah, Nehemiah recognized the importance of his work. And here's what I like that he did. Now jot this down. He said, I'm doing a great work and I can't come down. What I'm, what, what, he, he's building the wall. He said, now y'all trying to get me distracted. You're trying to pull me off of what I'm doing. And I'm, y'all need to know, you are not called to accept envy, every invitation that you're invited to do. What you got to do is evaluate the invitation in light of your overall purpose. Now, here's what he said. Why should I forsake what I'm doing? Why should I uh, come down and deal with you? That went over y'all's head. Let me. (laughs) You got to. Okay, maybe all of y'all might not get this. Let me try to make you understand some stuff. Some of y'all are getting distracted by people. You're getting pulled off course. You're getting distracted and you're, allow, you're allowing people to pull you off the assignment God's given you. But I like what Nehemiah said. He said, when I compare my purpose against dealing with you, let me say something. Where the single people at? Let me find the single people. Where the single people at? Stand up, single people. Before you think about getting married to somebody, you better evaluate whether or not it's worth me leaving what God called me to do to deal with you. Some of y'all done got distracted dealing. Okay, let me leave that alone. I'm messing. I better leave that alone right now. Tell your neighbor, don't get distracted. I'm not coming down. I'm doing a great work. I'm doing what God called me to do. And the only reason I'm going to get connected with you is if you can assist helping me fulfill what it is God has created me to do. If you can't help me do what God created me to do, see ya. Oh no. Somebody say, oh no. Somebody say, oh no. Evaluate. Somebody say, evaluate. And matter of fact, look at here, look at here, look at here. Verse four. But they sent me this message four times. They kept coming back. Thank you, bro. God bless you. But look at what Nehemiah said. He said, I answered them in the same manner. Y'all got to learn to tell the people. I know I told you no one time. I can tell you oh no again. I can say no four times, five times, six times. I can say no. Tell your neighbor, learn how to say no sometimes. Multiple times. Tell your neighbor, don't get distracted. Verse five. Then Sam Ballas sent his servant to me as before, the fifth time. 
with an open letter in his hand. This time he comes with an email. And this email is accompanied by some falsehoods. It is reported among the nations and Geshem says that you and the Jews plan to rebel. Therefore, according to these, these rumors, you are rebuilding the wall that you may be their king. And you, have, and you have also appointed prophets to proclaim concerning you at Jerusalem saying, there is a king in Judah. Now these matters will be reported to the king, so come therefore and let us consult together. Now, now I need, this, is, this is a very important point I need y'all to understand. So now, now they done emailed him, they sent him a letter, giving him this, this thing that here's, here's what's being said. People will lie on you. Now y'all heard me say this before, but let me say it again. You have to not get distracted by chasing who told the lie on you. You notice Nehemiah didn't go and try to find out even though he, this man placed the lie and said, Geshem, Geshem said this. God didn't call you to track down lies. Somebody lied on me one time. Y'all heard me say this before. Let me say it again. When I was pastoring in King George, they said I had gotten a girl pregnant. I did, my wife. I got her pregnant. But they were trying to say something other than that. And I, I, I was trying to find out. This is when I was campaigning or candidating is a better word. I wasn't campaigning. Can, candidating to be the pastor of First Baptist Church Glenard. And a lie got started somewhere in First Baptist Church Glenard that I had gotten some young girl pregnant. And I was trying to track down, well, who told you that? And, who, and I'm going to everybody to find out who told you that. Then the Holy Ghost said, I didn't call you to track down lies. If... If you're going to be tracking down lies, you're going to be spending the rest of your life tracking down every lie that somebody's told on you. But then God took me, don't turn there, but read it when you get an opportunity. In Psalm 63, God took me to Psalm 63, and he said near the end of that, he says, I will stop the mouth of liars. You know what I feel God will do? God will say, now, if you won't stop it, I'll leave my hands off of it and let you stop it. But if you let God stop it, he'll stop it in his tracks and it won't go any further. Somebody say, let God stop the liars. Tell them on the other side, let God stop the liars. Tell them behind you, tell them in front of you. Tap somebody around you, say, stop tracking down lies. You are not called to be a liar tracker downer. I don't track down lies. And people been lying on me for 30 years. It's okay. I ain't gonna try to track down no lies. God is the one who fights the battles for you. Now the whole purpose, here's, here's another point, jot this down too. The whole purpose of this, this email that, that was sent, this letter, this writing, it was sent to try to put fear in them that the, the king was going to come and kill them. And y'all need to understand this. Look at verse 8. Look at verse 8. Now, I sent to him saying, no such things as you say are being done, but you invent them in your own heart. For they all were trying to make us afraid. Jot that down. Fear. Listen to what I'm telling you today. The devil's program is to get you to react and respond based on fear. 
Now, this is an important point. I know I keep saying this is another point. The, all these points is important today. All of them good. Never make decisions, life-altering decisions. Never make decisions based on fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Fear doesn't come from God. Fear comes from the devil. I can tell when something ain't from God because it's trying to motivate me by fear. Some of y'all have made decisions based on fear. And I'm trying to tell you right now with everything that's in me, don't be motivated by fear. Tell yourself, I cannot be motivated by fear. They sought to create fear in him. Never allow fear to direct your decisions. Then in verse 10, keep going. I'm still reading. Go ahead. Verse 9, verse 9, for they were all trying to make us afraid, saying their hands will be weakened in their work and, and it will not be done. Now, therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. Verse 10, afterwards, I came to the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, the son of Mahitabel, who was a secret informer, and he said, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple. Let us close the door of the temple for they are coming to kill you. Indeed, at night, they will come to kill you. And I said, such, such a man as I flee, and who is there such as I who would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in, Nehemiah says. Here's another point y'all missing. That's a very significant point. And I, lo I love this right here because some of y'all have made decisions in life based on some prophecy that somebody gave you. Stop depending on prophecies given to you that do not affirm what God has already told you privately. Let me just wait, let that sink in for a minute. Because I'm tired of, I'm, I'm frustrated with people who jump up and relocate and move and quit their jobs. And listen, don't quit your job unless you got another job. I'm preaching better than y'all are saying amen here today. No, no, no. Go ahead. Say, Pastor, you preaching and teaching today. I'm preaching and teaching today. Yeah, don't quit your job until you got a... a don't jump off the horse you on until a faster horse come running by. People leaving, leaving, leaving their jobs and moving and relocating, going to places they ain't got no job where they're going, don't know nobody there. What? Be cautious of so-called prophetic words. Anybody want to give me a word, it's going to be something that God done already told me in my own personal private prayer life. And I like Nehemiah. He said, oh no, I'm not, you want me to go and you prophesying to me to go into the temple to save my life. There again, it's all birthed on fear. They're trying to make him afraid. And so uh, uh, he said, oh no, I'm not going in there. I'm not... Uh, I'm not going in there to save my life. You're trying to make me afraid. Somebody say amen. Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. Finally, verse 12, then I perceived that God had not sent him at all, verse 12. I perceived that it wasn't God that sent him at all. 
but that he pronounced this prophecy against me because Tobiah and Samballot had hired him. For this reason he was hired that I should be, here it is again, that I should be afraid and act that way in sin so that they might have cause for an evil report that they might reproach me. He understood that they were trying to create fear. There it is again, fear, fear. The devil wants you to make decisions based on fear. Now let me close this message. Let me close this anointed, gifted word. In verse 14, he said, my God, verse 14, remember Tobiah and Sanballat according to these their works and the prophetess Noadiah and the rest of the prophets who would have made me afraid. Stick a pin right here. I'm closing on verse 14. I'm gonna tell you today, pray for God's retribution for people who try to hurt you. This is, this is important because some of y'all are spending a lot of time and wasting a lot of energy and being disconnected from God because you're trying to pay somebody back. You're trying to hurt somebody who hurt you. Ooh, y'all know what I need to, ooh, ooh, ooh. The Holy Ghost just told me to tell y'all something. Y'all supposed to say, tell us, Pastor. I want to tell you, I'm about to tell you. Y'all are wasting energy and time trying to hurt somebody and you don't recognize that while you're hurting them, trying to hurt them, you are actually hurting yourself. They done gone on with their life. They have gone on doing what they're doing and you still trying to map out and trying to figure out how you can pay them back. Jesus, the word says, Romans 12, 19, jot it down, Romans 12, 19, that God says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. Leave payback to God, let God pay him back. And guess what? Anybody who hurt you, anybody that harmed you, anybody that tried to defeat you, anybody that tried to frustrate you, anybody that tried to do anything to you, God will pay them back. If you pay them back, they might come back and try to hurt you again. But when God pays them back, they ain't gonna mess with you ever again. Somebody say it's the big payback. Tell them on the other side, it's the big payback. Let God pay them back. As a matter of fact, I've learned to, for the people who tried to hurt me, I've learned to thank God for them because God used them to elevate me into my next dimension of where God's taking me to go. Thank you for lying on me. Thank you for talking about me. Thank you for trying to hurt me. Thank you for trying to frustrate me. Thank you for everything you did for me because God boosted me and elevated me and rewarded me because of what you did. Hey! I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but whoever you are, whoever, whatever you've gone through, it's okay. God uses it to elevate you to your future. You know what some of y'all need to do? 
some of the people that you've been trying to hurt, that every time you think about them, you want something bad to happen to them. What you need to do is call them up. Say, Joe, thank you. Go ahead, get, it, get, it, get ready to do it, practice it. Thank you for lying on me. Thank you for getting me fired. Thank you for frustrating me. Cause I wouldn't be where I am today had you not done what you did. I'm where I am cause of what you did. Hey, thank you. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for me, thank God he saved me. He called me. He anointed me. He empowered me. He used me. Thank you. Hey, glory to God, hallelujah, lift up your hands, all ye gates, and be ye lifted up, the king of glory is fighting your battles, the king of glory is going to give, make you the winner, the king of glory. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still here. So, look, some years ago, one of our members who I trusted and loved Used to teach our Bible study classes and stuff. Lied on me. Tried to get me fired. Wrote letters to the deacons to try to get me put out. Talked to people around the church. Sent out emails and letters to people in the church to try to get me fired. I'm still here. still preaching, I'm still pastoring, our church is still growing, God is still getting glorified, I'm still here. Who am I preaching to today? Who am I prophesying to today? Who is this word for today? Tell yourself, I'm still here. Go ahead and give God the praise. Go ahead and give him thanks. Go ahead and praise his name.
You don't have to fight. You don't have to fight nobody. You don't have to argue with nobody. You don't have to do any of that. Our God will fight the battle for you. Our God will fight the battle for you. I'm sorry. This last time I want you to say something to your neighbor. Tell them, our God will fight the battle for you. You've been listening to FBCG Live with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. Everything you do in life should be measured against your purpose in life. If you've been blessed by this message and would like to help us reach more people through this ministry, please click the link in the podcast description or visit our website, fbcglenarden.org slash give to donate. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you'll subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to tune in next week.